Thank you for listening to a sermon from the District Church. For more information about us, please visit www.thedistrict.church. Additionally, if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you, would you please let us know by emailing us at info at thedistrict.church. We thank God afresh for just an opportunity just simply to be with you on today. Um, today, uh, my wife, uh, Vanessa, is with me and also... Um, one of my elders and deacons is with me as well, Kevin Dennis, and just want to begin by just appreciating Dwayne and Kelsey for just simply this opportunity to share with you. I'm, um, uh, I look formal, but I'm uh, an informal preacher. <laughs> Amen. I was raised uh, old school, and I remember once I went to uh, a church to preach and I had uh, an outfit on like this, and one of the, uh, uh, the mothers of the church came to me and said, Now, baby, when you come to preach the word, always wear a suit. <laughs> and uh, I said, Yes, ma'am. Um, but we thank God afresh uh, for uh, just this opportunity to be with you on today. I'm not going to uh, belabor or lengthen the time. I want to ask the Lord's blessings upon his word and also that I might um, stay true to his word. <clears throat> God, we thank you for this, another Lord's Day. We thank you for last night's lying down, the early rising on this morning. We pray, O oh God, that you would move in a mighty and a special way, bring to our remembrance that which you have deposited in me, now, O oh God, if I stand with fear in my heart, I pray that you give me courage, courage to declare an uncompromising gospel, a clear and concise word from thee, that you might be glorified and magnified in all that I say and do. But Father God, if I stand with arrogance, I pray, O oh God, that you would remind me that I am nothing without thee. All that I am is because of you. All that I shall be is because of you. And it is only through you that I exist. And we give you this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to um, read into your hearing from the Holman Christian Standard Version of the Bible. Uh, you probably use a different version. Uh, some may be uh, using um, uh, a di different version, but uh, I, want to, I, I prefer the Holman Christian Standard Version from John, 1 John. Uh, chapter 5, uh, the first five verses, I want to read uh, into your hearing, and I want to talk about um, facing life's tests. Facing life's tests. The word of God reads on this wise, uh, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent also loves his child. This is how we know that we love God's children when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. Now, his commands are not a burden because whatever has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory 
that has, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the victory um, that has conquered the world, our faith. And who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So I want to talk to us about facing life's tests, facing life's tests. A test is given uh, to us to determine whether or not we have understood a lesson or if we have received a lesson, or it also clarifies how much we understood, comprehended a lesson. Some tests are given to us to uh, measure our strength, measure our focus, measure who and how we have grown in a certain situation. Uh, being an educator, uh, I would test not just simply at the time of the test, but I would give quizzes along the way leading up to the test. In other words, we would measure uh, incrementally the things and the progress of uh, my student body. I think one of the things that we need to be mindful of as uh, believers is that <clears throat> each of us, as we live uh, as believers in Christ, going through a test. I think one of the things, um, it's interesting, I um, thought about uh, Dwayne uh, and just simply uh, the time that he has uh, led this church has gone through several tests, uh, not only as he has pastored the church, but just simply life tests uh, personally um, in terms of just simply struggling with um, the, the uh, responsibility, leading his family, uh, leading God's people, and then uh, being uh, just challenged by the world. A couple of times that he has come uh, before us and also just kind of uh, solicit our prayers just because of just things of life, just natural things of life that were unexpected but happened. You know, one of the challenges for us is that <clears throat> as we go through tests, most of us um, don't really prepare uh, adequately for tests. You know, uh, I'm praying for A, but I'm doing D study. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, lights and walls. Uh, I, I, I know... Um, I need to put more time into the subject matter, but I got so many other things that are pulling at me. And so I tend to want to kind of skate through. I just do just enough to get by. Well, when we look at the world that we face and the world that we're in, John writes to the body of Christ uh, with the um, express purpose of sharing with us that life is a test. His main focus is the love of God and how it is demonstrated in the family of God. Uh, John uses 1 John uh, as a picture of a family 
that loves one another. One of the challenges that we face today is that we tend to look for love in all the wrong places. Uh, we look for love in uh, the wrong uh, types. And, and what I mean by that is most of us are looking for this um, touchy-feely kind of love. And, but one of the things that we need to be mindful of as we look at the book of John, uh, John describes love as a noun, where he says God is love. He describes love as a verb. He says it's an action. It is not something that is just stated. It is not just something that is felt, but it's something that moves us. Then he also uses love as an adjective. It describes the relationship that we have with God and with one another. It describes who we are in Christ Jesus. He closes uh, 1 John in the 5th chapter, and John has kind of a quirky um, structure in it in that the scripture, we, we begin at chapter uh, 5, but the text actually starts, or the, the, the comment actually starts at verse 19 of chapter 4. And it actually settles or describes our relationship in the family of God. And so the first point that I want to make in the lesson uh, is that um, we must believe God because it's a family thing. We must believe God because it is a family thing. And most of us value family but one of the things that we need to be mindful of is that <clears throat> oftentimes uh, we um, place so much into family that we lose sight of the value that family has. And what I mean by that is that <clears throat> we tend to um, compare what family is to what somebody else's family has or what somebody else's family does. But at the same time, God has given us a family that is dependent continually upon him. Let's look at the scripture. He says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah has been born of God. First point that he wants to bring out into this text is that I, it is our belief in Christ that makes us family. It is our heartfelt relationship with him that brings us together. He describes us and he describes that our love for the parent ought to be reflected in love for our siblings. In this text, he teaches us that one, you, you tend to want to love uh, the parent but you don't love the child. And I think that's, a, that's an interesting place for us today because the challenge for us today um, is do we express or actually demonstrate the love that God has for us and the love that he has through us? 
when we listen to the news media today, uh, oftentimes we are challenged uh, in terms of just simply our emotions and we get caught up in the ways of the world and what the world uh, has said to us. Uh, a lot of times and oftentimes what we tend to look at is that uh, the Bible tells us, or John tells us uh, earlier in the text, he says, listen, we are not friends to the world. We are actually enemies of the world. If we find ourselves loving the ways of the world, we don't love God. Now, that's not to say that the, um, the practices of life um, um, doesn't give us advantages or even give us comfort. But at the same time, the world does not think like we think in Christ. The thing that we need to be mindful of is that what the love uh, that is demonstrated by the world is a challenge uh, in terms of affection rather than demonstrating a caring for one another. The challenge for us is that it is a powerful piece of really what it means to love God, and that is to love ourselves as Christ loved the church. This, uh, he says to us in this text, he says to us <clears throat> that this is how we know that we love God's children when we love God and obey his commands. As a family, uh, one of the things um, um, growing up, uh, my mother always had uh, rules uh, to follow. And uh, sometimes I would question the rules and I'd always say, well, you know, those are, um, uh, she's just wanting to cut off my fun. She, she, just, she just doesn't understand uh, what I'm going through. But the thing that we need to be mindful of is what she was giving me was rules or guidance that would protect me and keep me. Charles Stanley said it like this. He says to us that what God does is he gives us rules that protect us and keeps us from all harm because he's already seen the trouble down the road. And many of us uh, today, when we look at the church today and we look at believers today, there's a question mark of whether or not we are really family. Because we have allowed the incidentals of the practice of worship to impede uh, the glory of our worship. And what I mean by that is that we get hung up on doctrinal things rather than focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible tells us it wasn't the way I do communion that brought me together. It's the communion that brought me together. And the challenge for us today uh, is to stand up and be Christian, stand up and be Christ-like. I think one of the things that is so interesting here is that he uses, John uses two verbs uh, in this text. Uh, not only do we believe God because it's a family thing, but obedience is the order of the day. He talks to us, he uses two verbs uh, in this text. He uses obey the commands of God, and he uses keep the commands of God. From time to time, it's easy for us to obey because we can relate and we can equate 
uh, obeying uh, to the rules of God, or either we obey because we uh, are concerned about the consequences uh, of not obeying. You know, many of us, I don't know uh, about you, but uh, there was punishment for disobedience uh, as we grew up. I think a lot of times what we have uh, presented to people uh, a lot of times is that, you know, you don't want to disobey God because of the punishment that God is going to put on you. And that's not what the case is. The love of God actually keeps us from uh, the hurt, harm, and danger. But the thing that we have to be mindful of is that <clears throat> obey, obey, obedience to the command is a moment-to-moment -moment situation. But at the same time, he goes on, he says, not only do we obey, but we also ought to keep. The thing that, we, that is so interesting here is, as, an, as, as an example here, when I keep God's commands, I place God's commands on my heart. David said, uh, Lord, I put your commands on my heart that I may not meditate on them both day and night, that I might not sin against thee. Uh, the prodigal son, when he uh, had gotten down to the last uh, of all that he had, um, he found himself in the pig pen of life, and he says, I have sinned against God, sinned against my father. I'll get up and I'll go back home. In other words, to keep the commands of God is a permanent place that God has taken up residence in our heart. And I think that challenge for us is that have we kept God's command? See, the key here is to obey God's command is a public peace. But to keep God's commands, it's a private thing. Publicly, uh, I'm Pastor Fletcher. I can, people can see me and I'm out front. But when I fall uh, in depression, when I fall uh, in those moments of loneliness, when I fall uh, in the fact that there are some things that I have not accomplished the way that I should accomplish them, and there's nobody there but me, myself, and God. Am I keeping his commands when no one is looking? I think the challenge for us is that the order of the day is obedience. But to understand that obedience moves and vacillates back and forth between my public life and my private life makes a difference. You see, m many of us, uh, we have a public walk with God. And we want to be seen uh, as a good Christian for God. But what happens when you close the door? at 6440 uh, night and road and nobody's there but you and yourself are you still the same believer that you are at 4934 east 21st street you know the thing that that is interesting to me when i think about the order of the day and then the um, obeying god and keeping god's command as a teacher uh, I never would tell um, the students uh, coming into my classroom that I was a preacher. And by the end of the second week of school, uh, everybody knew 
that I was a preacher. And then they would come and they would ask me questions. As a matter of fact, many of them would come to church to see if I was the same at church as I was in school. You know, it's interesting. Um, a child will always test you. A child will always try you. And it's not always a bad thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would um, run into some of my students even after I stopped teaching. Uh, and they would, before I even opened my mouth, they would say, well, Mr. Fletcher, I'm staying out of trouble. <laughs> you know, because that was, that was my thing. You know, I was, that was my persona. And the challenge for us uh, as believers is if we see you in one venue and we move you to another venue, will you change with the venue or will you change the venue? You see, the thing that we need to be mindful of is as believers, we are not gauging the temperature. We are setting the temperature. We ought to set the temperature in our homes. We ought to set the temperature on our jobs. We ought to set the temperature at the mall. There is a sphere of influence that we have that nobody else has. But we don't exercise it because, one, we obey the commands publicly, but we don't Keep the commands privately. It's when you keep the commands privately that they become a permanent structure, a permanent piece of your personality. The text shares with us that our faith and belief in God makes us family. It's a family thing. The order of the day is that we need to understand how to keep the commands, as well as obey the commands. But finally, a lot of us are challenged uh, in test of life uh, because um, the test has more authority than the object that keeps us and carries us through the test. In other words, um, the challenges of life may be bigger than the Jesus that you serve. Uh, oftentimes, we are challenged with our faith because we walk in a situation uh, where it is so overwhelming that we focus on uh, the negative more so than the lesson that we're learning through the trial. I think one of the things that is so interesting uh, is, and I share it with uh, Kelsey, uh, my mother and my sister uh, have uh, similar cancer uh, to hers which makes uh, it as if they do they do a um, a genetic test uh, to find out if um, we are susceptible to the same 
cancer. And I have an issue um, personally uh, where the last 10 years they've been actually monitoring me as well. And so the challenge is um, with life and its tests, if I allow the knowledge that I'm susceptible to a cancer that could kill me, what am I going to do with that? How do I handle that? How do I face uh, life's end through the challenge that we have in life? The first thing I have to remind myself of is, uh, what is my life? The Bible tells us in this text, in verses 4 and 5, he says that we have overcome the world. It's by our faith. Uh, Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't see tomorrow, but I know that tomorrow is there because my Jesus holds tomorrow. And if he holds tomorrow, he also holds me. The reason he holds me is because I belong to him. Listen to the text. He says, we overcome the world by our faith. Then he turns right around and asks the question, who is it that overcomes the world? It is the child of the Most High. And yet, in oftentimes, we as the church have been focused on the negativity of the world and not understanding that we've already been given the victory. Listen to Jesus. John 16, 33. He says, be courageous. For I have overcome. You belong to Christ. You're a child of the Most High. You already have the victory, but you need to walk in it. You see, a lot of times people will look at our shortcomings, but we need to look at the fact that Paul said to us that my life is no longer my own, but it is the life that is hid in Christ Jesus. Challenge for us is to understand that our Father in heaven loved us enough that while we were sinners, he died for us. So the question that I have for us is if God loved us so much that he died for us while we were a mess, why can't we live for him? I think about this. Romans 5 and 8 uh, says that while we were sinners, uh, Christ died for us. Uh, and I like to Fletcherize that. Uh, 
while I was a mess, Christ died for me. But when he died for me, he re-spelled my mess. It's M-E-S-S-I-A-H. When he died for my mess, he became my Messiah. When he died in my mess, he brought me to the Messiah. Who is the Messiah? The Messiah is the anointed one. The one who came to give us salvation. The challenge that he has for us is that will we walk in the victory that he's already given us. Can I close it like this? The 16th chapter of John, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he shares with them, you know, fellas, uh, we're getting ready uh, to meet the end. And every one of you will scatter. And you'll leave me. But I'm not alone. Because the Father is with me. The challenge for us is to understand that we or never alone. Because Jesus has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. But the struggle is do we believe it? Because Jesus also addressed his disciples in that same text and he asked the questions after he had gone through the 16th chapter and shared with them his relationship and his walk and what was about to happen he then asked them now do you believe with what you've come through Kelsey what you've come through Dwayne what the district has come through these past three years Jesus is asking the question now do you believe my encouragement to you is to fight the good fight of faith because it's in the faith that you have in Jesus Christ that will make the difference and give you the victory no matter what is happening or what is going on in your life no matter what challenges you might face no matter what or, uh, what pain you might go through God is still keeping you if you keep his word. The, crush, the question is, uh, are you ready to face the test of life? And has it demonstrated that you have matured as you have walked this walk with him? I want to encourage you and I want to empower you. The challenge for us is that we already have 
We already know the end of the story. Let's live like it. The songwriter says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. And you've got to believe that all of the ground is sinking sand. No matter what you hear in the news, no matter what you see on the streets, no matter what's going on in your home, trust and believe that Jesus will make a difference. And I guarantee you, if I was walking to the sun and I couldn't get there, Jesus is no shorter than his promises. And he has promised never to leave us, Never to forsake us. Mm -hmm. And he's already promised us the victory. Live life as an example, as a a picture of what Christ has done through you. And you'll find that people will call and gravitate to you. Not because you're so holy, but because you're keeping his command. Test, facing the test of life is loving and trusting Christ. Amen. Oh God, we thank you. Praise and oh how we love you. Yes. We adore you, oh God, you. for just loving us enough yes. that whatever we face, we know that you face it with us. Yes. You have comforted us when there was no one else to comfort us. But more importantly, you have kept us in spite of what is going on around us. And for that, we are grateful. And as we face this life and its tests, we thank you, O God, that we have studied the material to the point that we are familiar and it, is, it becomes second nature. We're able to pass the test. Because you have given us the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to a sermon from the District Church. For more information about us, please visit www.thedistrict.church. Additionally, if any of our sermons have brought encouragement to you, would you please let us know by emailing us at infothedistrict.church. At